0: That's bluenisle.com. Wilford sets off upfield. He wants a speedster to
1: run onto it. He might be the quickest. Oh, he kicks. He kicks ahead. And now Corey Oates will come. Oh, Oates with the one-handed pickup. How about that? Asako in behind them. He's confused. He didn't know whether to kick or whether to
0: run. He takes the latter option. rupture. Asako will score.
1: Broncos fans and welcome to the round 19 review episode of Broncos Weekly. As always, I'm Mitch I'm joined out of line by our good friend Simo. How you doing, Simo?
0: Yeah, now nah, pretty good. How about yourself?
1: Mate, I'm alright. I'm alright. I was away for the weekend so I'm feeling refreshed. I'm, my skin's peeling from everywhere because I um, didn't get burnt but I got got red and I've got that peeling forehead now. So apart from looking like a leper... Feeling pretty good.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, any uh, any big major news or life events or anything happened? Nah,
1: no, none, none that I can pick up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 yes, yeah, so I got obviously as you know I got engaged on um on on Saturday night. So yeah, that's that's my major news. That's my reason for missing the game.
0: That <laughs> I, yeah, well, I, uh, I wasn't them. gonna ask, but then you put it on Twitter, so I was like, well, people know. So I thought we could the engagement yeah put the news on the podcast yeah exactly so and yeah. plus I've
1: obviously brought up your personal news in the past without approval so <laughs> yeah
0: that's what we do here so <laughs>
1: but yeah I, I got engaged and uh obviously I'm at that point we're both very happy so yeah good, good
0: weekend yeah, no, it's
1: been uh... it in the sun I mean you don't know the feeling of being in Colgate from Rockhampton but
0: hey mate it gets some pretty cold we got like nine the other day
1: Yeah, yeah, I know, I'm sure that killed you, but yeah, I got to go away into into the summer for a few days, and it was great.
0: Yeah, no, it's exciting times.
1: It is, it is indeed. Anyway, let's get into the podcast.
0: Speaking of exciting times, Titans games. (laughs) Great
1: stuff. So anyway, the Brisbane Broncos, 34, defeated the Gold Coast, Titans, 12, somehow 16,000 people there. Don't know how many were Titans fans, but anyway... A double to Katoni Stags, try to Oates, try to Lodge, try to Osaka and try to Milford for us. Uh, five from six conversions and a terrible missed penalty goal from Katoni Staggs early. Uh, over on the Titans side, Michael Gordon and Anthony Don got a try each and Gordon kicked two from two. In, um, in a game that was comfortable, like, honestly, from the kickoff, <laughs> Like It just didn't look in doubt from pretty much the moment the game started.
0: Yeah, like, I was... Uh fairly comfortable, but even still, like, it's always in the back of your head that you're going to, I don't know what this team's going to do, but when Milford scored that try, that was when it was super comfortable.
1: Oh, you mean the try that put him up 34 points? <laughs> yeah, that,
0: that try.
1: <laughs> Mate, that's good for uh, so you. When, when it was, when it, what, what was it, 34-12 at that point, then it was comfortable, was it?
0: When the final siren went, I was comfortable that we'd win the game. Yeah.
1: Well, obviously, my my review of this game, I watched this in Kuala Lumpur Airport on a like tablet screen on uh, on what Monday Monday night. So obviously, I might have the the best review of the game, but um, but yeah, it just seems to be this is the formula for us this year, I guess. We kind of got to the point it's like we haven't got much strategy with the ball in hand. It turns of there's no real big set players or any big setup or anything, but it seems to be the the way forward is like. Let the big forwards in Lodge, Haas, Pangai, you know, and even Pafita in this game flatten the other pack and then offload. <laughs> That's always it, to have offload and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, just the rest of the attack is very just boring. I mean, we've we've discussed this before, but there's not much there really. Yeah, there's, um, not, there's
1: still no set plays. And I don't know, don't know if this week who, if, you know, and is going to come back into the halves for Terpin, I don't know, but... um. Yeah, we're not not really much involvement from our halves again. Obviously, Milford had a fantastic game, but yeah, it just seems... You know, we won and we we scored some good tries, but it just seems to be, you know, all out of, in, you know, offloading second-phase play and then a bit of brilliance on the back of it, hey.
0: We're just like a slightly better Penrith. Like, that's what we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, we are. We are, well, because the players are better, but... Um, yeah, it's not exactly the uh, the attacking mastermind strategy that we were sold. <laughs> That's for sure. But um, it's working for now. It reminds me. I'm not saying we we're on this kind of run, but it happens every now and then, back end of a season, that a coach just goes, "Screw it, just offload all day." And it reminds me that happened with um, it happened with uh, the, like the Parramatta 2009 were like that. If you remember, they off- offloaded crazy, and then they, had, you know, fullback who just carried their attack a bit. And then 2011 Warriors were similar as well. They just were like, screw it, just start offloading and see what happens. You can win a few games and get on a hot streak doing that kind of stuff, but it does worry you that we come up against the Storm this week. Like, they're not just going to let us offload and do what we want. (laughs) Too good for that. So it does worry you when you play a good team, you know what our strategy is going to be.
0: Oh, well, for me, our strategy is hope somebody else knocks them out of the finals
1: <laughs>
0: and we can well, other teams.
1: Yeah, well, we've got... Yeah, that's it. But uh, in this game, it was... Let's talk about, let's talk about Milford at fullback because, obviously, fan ba- a lot of the fan bases wanted that for a long time and uh, we've not always been on that wagon. We've been on the wagon, like, fine at six, we haven't got a... You know, whatever, what's the point? But, you know, obviously, it's looking good at the moment but it's not just me who thinks he's like... He, is he, like, 10 kilos lighter?
0: I mean, I always thought he looked lighter than the rest of the fan base seemed to think he looked yeah. like. But yeah, he does look lighter. The thing that annoys me the most with Milford is like, people act like these last four games are the only good games he's played since he played in a Raiders jersey. Like, yeah, <laughs> he was ridiculous in 2015, and he was even better in 2016. And yet, those two years just get completely forgotten. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. People are like, oh, it's
1: about time we saw this from Milford. But it's like, what do you mean? He's had good games this year as well.
0: <laughs> like, legitimately, in 2016, he could have been on like 30 dalian points by the origin time. Like, mm. he was that good at the start of 2016.
1: Yeah, but it hasn't been good since the Raiders days, mate. <laughs>
0: yeah. Always was a fullback. But it's like, and then people saying that, like, oh, he always was a fullback. He's been a terrible half. And it's like, well, He's doing both jobs at the moment, and he's looking good at both of them. Like, <laughs> Yeah.
1: I mean, it just, it just kind of speaks to me anyway. It speaks to our, we've said this before, our mismanagement of him the last couple of years. It's like, we never seem to decide what we want at Anthony Milford. And it's like, at the moment now, he's lost some weight, but it's like, why does he... Because obviously that's a team thing. He didn't decide just to lose weight after he got moved to fullback. Obviously it's a team, how they keep players at a certain weight or whatever. They've they've trimmed him down to play fullback, but it's like, why did he need the extra five or six kilos to play halfback? Like, sorry, five, eight. Like, not like guys like Mitch Moses and the likes are huge and they defend at the halves, but, you know, Milford was up to listed at 92 kilos on the the Broncos website. But I went back, like, I watched him play, well, obviously seen him play at fullback, but I went back early in the season. I never thought he was fat as fans made out, as you said, but, you know, just certainly feels, looks slimmer through the legs and slimmer around the waist a little. And it's like, why do we need to bulk him up? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know either, but, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's obviously looking good there, and I don't know I don't know if his future is that the Broncos is fullback next year. I think that looks like it's going to be the plan moving forward, but it's like, either way, I hope he just stays in this shape, and then we figure out what else is around it, because there's this, like, I love Jake Turpin, we all do, but this, like, t- Turpin-Boyd thing is not the answer for the halves. Like, it's another one of those games that, yeah, Turpin ran the ball four times, Boyd t- ran it three times, but again, Boyd played... for an entire game and touched the ball 17 times in this game. (laughs) Like, Uh, what?
0: I mean, we're literally playing football games without halves. Yeah, we are.
1: Like, this is what these games are. Like, even Turpin touched it 41 times which is still nothing for a halfback. Like, yeah. We're playing games without halves. It's like the forwards are just rolling through teams and then Milford's on the back of that.
0: That's yeah, it. like, that's that's a whole game is just of passing it to forwards to take up hit-ups, and then Milford gets the ball every now and then. Like,
1: like again, in this game, pass 22 touches, Lodge 24 touches, Boyd 17. <laughs> okay. Because I know that's, you, you, you want your props touching the ball more than yours. <laughs> I mean,
0: Lodge and Hearts are only on the field for half the time. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. Imagine if they played 80 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh
1: in previous games, Bord at least like we're doing like 10 dummy half runs to act like he was involved. This game is just like, I'm out here, you guys do your thing, all the points are scored on the other side of the field, bar Oates' intercept, you know, and it's just like, whatever, Just that's it, I'm just out here doing my thing, having fun, enjoying it. I've, I've noticed yesterday he's enjoying 5-8. what it sounds like, he's just enjoying not having to be responsible for anything.
0: <laughs> he's just enjoying getting carried by the rest of the team. But, what, what he needs to do is just like run across the field and, like, pass it to somebody, wrap around behind, like, get the pass back, like, a heap of one-twos, and he'll yeah. rack up his touches.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's one of those things. Like, this is, this is, we've always said this in the past. Like, Milford, when he was in the halves, like, always gets blamed. But he's always, he's always trying to, you know, do something. He's always got his hand on the ball. His game this year, he almost touched the ball 70 times in the halves, which is huge. And then they switch into fullback, and then boy just cruises. And because he's not fucking up, people are like, oh, mate, how good's this switch? Just because he's out of the way, it's like he's doing nothing.
0: Just because he's not, like, the worst player in the NRL, apart from Dylan Edwards. Yeah. He's suddenly a great player again. Not, yeah. all. People aren't saying he's great, but he's, like, adequate.
1: And it's obviously that switch has worked for us this season because getting away from fullback, we've stopped running those terrible sweet plays and we've, and we've stopped having those embarrassing defensive moments and also, like, our fullback's actually returning kicks, you know, and the other two, and it's no coincidence, I've said this early in the season, like... There is absolutely no coincidence that once Boyd's out of the back three, Oates and Asako also aren't making a lot of mistakes because they're not covering the bloody ground of another man, like half a man each, and having to catch every bomb. It's no shock. Again. I don't think Oates has dropped the ball in a couple of weeks and there was Asako. What a shock.
0: <laughs> yeah, when, like, they only have to do one person's job. Yes,
1: they don't have to run from the wing, scream over, and catch kicks for the fullback <laughs> when, he doesn't want, when he doesn't want them.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: I am enjoying Milford running the ball back with, in one hand,
0: though. <laughs> it makes me nervous. i was just like, that's going to get whacked sometime. It is, it get... is, but I'm enjoying it for now. On, um, on Oates, how long is his arms? Like, that innocent. It's like, he had no right to get near that ball from that, and then, obviously, he was never going to get caught, but I just, yeah, yeah. It was like four feet long.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, apparently, he was out of form. Everyone was saying it was shit house, like whatever. But yeah, he had a I thought he had a, a solid game in this one, and yeah, those uh, those big arms, fantastic. Yeah, I think that's um something he likes gambling on taking taking intercept at his size. But we probably could get away with it a bit doing it a bit more, I reckon, because you know sometimes he jams in to nowhere. You know, it's like mate, just just go for the pick. You're huge. <laughs> yeah um and stag's absolutely no shock that again on his right, back on the right hand side different player eh? like both the tries he scored it weren't even like there was an opportunity really that created there was a half chance but he just seems to be more comfortable stepping back on the inside everything about him on that side is more comfortable eh? right
0: mean, back there he looks like the player that we saw glimpses of like you know when he played a few games over there and he looked like because it was every game he was like fending people off and making something happen and that yeah. just disappeared. But, as, like, that's back there straight away again now that he's on that side of the field.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, both the tries he scored in this game, one of them was, you know, backing up an offload from Milford, and it was only a half chance, if anything. And the same with the f- first one he scored too, but that's just the skill he has when he's back on the right-hand side.
0: Yeah, nah, he, he looks good, for and, sure.
1: And, and thank God Asako's back kicking, like... I know Stag's got the kicking duties because they dropped a Sarco, but, like, it's not even the same class, is it? Like, Stag- we like Stag's the player, but, like, missing that penalty goal, I'm glad that was, like, you know what, I'm not even going to bother with the rest of these. <laughs>
0: like, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, like, I just found it odd that it took so long to give it back to a because it wasn't that he got dropped for, like, being a, a, a bad kicker or a bad player. Like, it was, he went over to his dad, who was sick, like... Yeah. um. Yeah, so I just found it odd that it took so long because it's like, been a couple of weeks now. Stag's been kicking and it's not been great at all.
1: It hasn't been. And it's one of those things that Broncos fans for some reason thought Stag has like, been kicking poorly. He's still kicking at 80%. I think it's something like when it's the kickers on your team, I feel like people just remember the misses way more than they remember when they kicked them.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like, it's so easy to just sit there and remember all of us, like, say, Asako or when Kahu was kicking, all those misses. and then, But then you think of Adam Reynolds, and all you think about is him just, like, nailing kicks from all over the park.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like, I was talking to a Manly fan earlier in the year, and he was going on about, like, oh, he's glad Garrett's kicking because, like, DC's a shit kicker. And it's true. Like, a few years ago, DC was a shit kicker. But the last two years he's kicked <laughs> are, like, 85%. It's like, well, that's about yeah. as good as you're going to get, but that's just it because you, you only remember the times like we need him to kick this sideline conversion or something and they don't kick it. You don't remember that the guys has been slotting most of the moment. And again, in this game, it's hard to kick them all bar one. And just, yeah, he should just be our kicker. Whatever he's fit, you know, just that's it. That's it.
0: To be fair to Stags, too, he kicked them all bar one as well. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did indeed. So they're both as good as each other, so, you know, yeah. numbers don't lie.
1: Yeah, well, speaking of numbers, you know, these aren't huge, but that's what I want to talk about with the play style earlier about how it increased. We really have focused on, like, an increase in offloads. Like, it's a few weeks in a row now that we've just, you know, it's not a huge numbers. We're not putting up manly numbers of offloads, but Pango was leading the competition offloads before this week. And we had, what I think it's about four, 12 or 13 odd in this game. What is it? Let me quickly check. Why have I lost this number? Yeah, we had 12 in this game. And um, I think it was thirteen last game. I'm just bringing it up here now, but um, it's just been it's been a big increase in the last few weeks. But the other thing that's really changed as well is that, like, as I was talking about how our halves are involved. For the first like, what is it, sixteen rounds of the season, we went to the went to the line our halves did about eighteen times a game. Like, went to the line, engaged the line, and passed. And now <laughs> in the last four games, we have like the total amount of line gates from our halves we had in one game earlier in the season. They had like there was a game. Well, half into the line three times in the entirety <laughs> through the game. Uh, that we had, I think, three in the last in the last game too. So it's just been a big, a big change in our uh, play style. Which it can work for the short term, but this stuff just can't work going into next year. You know? And I don't know if Ian's back in this week, but it's just um, it's interesting. At least Seabold has changed that up. I know. I think a lot of it might be attached to how Boy was playing at fullback. It's good that he's changed yeah. it up, but it's just not long-term sustainable to, to play that type when your when your halves are playing as passengers and you're relying on forward offloads. You just that's not a long, long-term success plan.
0: I was getting, that just sounds very much like pass it to Fafita and see what he can make, which yeah. is almost something every single time he touches the ball.
1: Well, that's it. Well, yeah, in the first nine rounds we, we had more than ten offloads once, for example, and then since round 13 we haven't had under 10 offloads. That's just been the way they're changing them. Like, but, yeah, but speaking of Fafita, it's a good old day for Fafita in this game. I don't I don't know how we can go back to him being on the bench. How?
0: Yeah, we'll find a way.
1: <laughs> we will. Or go back to playing 25 minutes.
0: It's that's. I mean, that's what I'm just looking out for. I just can't wait for it.
1: Yeah, I know. He was, like as, as you know, he was exceptional in this game. And like, the line break he, he had early that led to Matt Lodge's try... Again, get absolutely nothing on and he gets through the line and, you know, we create opportunity as opposed to, like, Alex Glenn's a fantastic line runner now. It always has been, but it's like we're sending it tackled one-on-one by so many halves this year. Whereas, he doesn't even need an opportunity to create something. He just needs, it needs just the ball. He doesn't need to, need to run a hard line or anything, but just give him the ball when things happen.
0: On the um, on that run he made there and then Gordon got Sinbend, because yeah. um, we scored a try like two plays later. Yeah. I was I was cleaning the work car out, so I had the the radio on. I was listening to the first part of this game, and obviously this bit happened in that. And after the try was scored, I, I don't know who was commentating. Somebody said it was Clinton Shafoski, but I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> this is like the worst rule idea I think I've ever heard. He said he wanted the rule that if someone was sin binned and then a try was scored, the person could come back from the sin bin straight away. And I was just like, well, what's the penalty then for like, for for doing that, right? Like, so by holding down, you're like essentially going to be stopping a try. Like, if you get up and allow a quick play the ball, which you should you should do, your Broncos are scoring the next play. So, like, you you're stopping a try, but then you know, so oh, you get sent bin. Oh, they scored anyway. Yeah, come back on. It's all good now. Like, I just like ten
1: times a game.
0: I know. I was like, like, for doing that, you need. There's supposed to be a punishment for that.
1: Exactly, it's supposed to be punishment, That's ridiculous. Like, yeah, you're exactly right. You hold someone down in the in the open play when you're the fullback, like, Oh well, I stopped the try, and then you come right back on like 30 seconds later if your team concedes, or your team doesn't concede for the 10 minutes you're off the field. There's no. Yeah, loss well, we
0: scored. Super... I think we scored three in that 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah, but that's it. But if it goes that other way, there's no loss to that simbending. What a stupid rule idea. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, mean, I just, I just was like, I, this is where you're on radio, champ. It is. And, and
1: speaking of sin binnings, let's talk about the Pangai one. What do you think?
0: Um, I, I mean, it was definitely worse than some other ones that got sin bin, like the Ponga one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind so much the penalty and the sin bin. I kind of wish we challenged it at the judiciary because like copley was there pushed him i like it seemed pretty much front on like with his chest more than like it wasn't a shoulder charge yeah. um like i just think there was enough there to definitely be able to challenge it i, I don't really mind the sin bin like yeah. a lot there was always a lot of talk when people were talking about banning the shoulder charge that like You know, it was good for the game, and how about you leave it in? But if ever you hit the head, like, you just punish it really harshly. And, like, that's what happened here. He came racing in and smacked the guy. Like, obviously, whoever catches the ball is going to move. And, like, you just got to be careful not to hit the guy in the head. And I I don't think he was, like, that careful in it, really. He just came in wanting to whack him. Yeah, I'm with
1: you on that. I I, I agree he actually deserved to be symbian. I didn't see it in the first look through. Like, I didn't, like, as the referees, like, I didn't see it. I was like, what are they stopping here for? And I think Pangai knew. He didn't look as impressed with himself after it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then, yeah, we saw the replay. And I agree, Simbinning's right. And I'm also with you that, like, I don't know if he, you know, considering how they've generally charged things, I don't don't know if he deserved to miss time for it, though. I think the Simbin line is sufficient. And I'm with you. You You hit someone in the head, Incidental or not whatever you deserve to be simmed in pretty much like that with the shoulder but I'm not sure if he deserves to miss a game for it you know I've always said before I'm not really about trying to get players off the field for one week you know I've, you know you know if it's a longer term suspension fair enough but I'm about players trying to pl- get players on the field you know but anyway that's unfortunate we didn't fight it but we just don't seem to fight anything hey like there was that remember that uh, Sam thought I won a few years ago that was like he didn't hit someone he hit someone with his head and they didn't bother
0: fighting it yeah it's like, okay. We I think the only, one, the only one we really fought was the free Hodjo night on Twitter, like, way back, the grand final. Yeah, um, and that's it. We when he dropped... to fight those. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, then on the other hand, maybe they were like, you know, if we fight it and we lose, it's two weeks, and, you know, like, we're going to lose to the Storm anyway, so, like, what does it really matter if he misses this game? Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, that's it. Like, I, I mean, I, I never think we have a chance to beat the Storm anyway. And we... I mean, we'll go through the record. We could well go through it now, but it's like... We've beaten him, like, three times against Ken Smith. It's just terrible.
0: <laughs> I just can't wait for him to retire, eh? Just yeah. hurry up, champ. But that's like...
1: And yeah, we've beaten him, you know, like, three times. But, yeah, without guy, I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I so, s- Ken Smith against the Broncos is 28 wins and eight losses. God.
0: Yeah, but we got the one that counts. We do, but
1: he's lost... So, what... He's only, he's lost to us, what, 2016, 2015, and then before then, 2009. Oh my God. He lost his first three games against us, and he went 25, and (laughs) then he went 28 and 5 after that. That's brilliant.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's crazy.
1: It is crazy. I mean, we all know the terrible record we have against him, but uh, they're on six in a row against us right now. (laughs)
0: It's just not good. (laughs) The last one we won would have been like the Great Wall of China game. Uh yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah, that was it.
1: Uh, was it twenty sixteen
0: that game? Yeah, it was.
1: That would have been the last one we won. Or was it twenty fifteen that game? No, twenty fifteen was that game, wasn't it? Yeah. And then we won in tw- 2015 was that game because we didn't score that many points, and then we so we won them beat them twice down there. We haven't beat them in SunCorp since the dawn of time, I believe. I believe. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not even upset by that anymore because I've just given up hoping for it, so... Yeah, like... It's just like, you just mark it off on the calendar as, you know, oh, well, yep, you just get that one.
1: We last beat them at Suncorp in 2009.
0: I mean, my question, though, is just, why do we have to verse them twice every year?
1: <laughs> right, because it's always, like, a rotational thing. I know we play, you know, some teams twice, every almost every year, but we're one of the teams that has to play the Storm twice every year.
0: And we never get the Knights twice.
1: No. You we know, you get the Knights twice when they're good, but they're never actually good, so.
0: <laughs> so we versed them twice in, like, 2002.
1: Yeah, that's it. But yeah, we got the Storm this week, but, um, yeah, anyway, should we, should we move on from this game? We don't know if there's much else you want to touch on before we move on.
0: Um, uh, yeah, I just I was sick of Macca. I saw, like, yeah. he gave away that dumb penalty. It was on the last tackle gives it away and then two tackles later they scored and it's like like the line was set and he's just lying on all the top of the bloke mm. it just yeah oh, actually, I, look, frustrates he frustrates me does. so much
1: I will say our defence in general really has improved though which is good because the start of the year like anytime someone got now 20 we conceded in the last couple of weeks that's improved massively I know we haven't been tested by great teams in that period but at least, you know, we were conceding it to anybody at the start of the year. <laughs> it didn't matter who it was.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the Storm are going to put 40 past us.
1: Yeah.
0: And, then, um, and that's well, even, that's like with Brodie Croft.
1: And shout out to Patrick Carrigan, who I said I hadn't been that impressed by it in first grade. I obviously he spoke it a bit <laughs> early, but... I, our, He's been good ever since. He has, but I mean, our, generally the, hot, the bar for how our, our young forwards perform generally is out of the gate. They kill it. But uh, Parrish, Carrigan's had, like, three really good games in a row, and I thought he was great again in this game. But, yeah, fair, fair. Yeah, fair, he's fair. definitely
0: uh, definitely stepped it up. It's yeah. good to see. And I
1: think Reese Kennedy's actually been pretty solid signing too. I mean, you know, he's never going to set the world on fire, but he's done his job and he's, you know, like 25 minutes or so he plays a week. So that's been fine, and he's already earned another contract next year. So I'm happy for him to be, like, that next drop prop on my full strength.
0: Yeah, as we said at the time, like, for someone filling in that role, you're happy for it to be someone who's a lot on a lot less money than what Sewer was. Well, that's... You know, like, and, and like
1: I said, I wanted someone who's you know, a bit more experienced. I don't want to keep bringing in young fellas. And like Kennedy's just that guy who's, like just does his job for 20 minutes, then goes off. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, whereas Jaden Sewer still, still not doing anyone's job.
0: <laughs> <At South laughs> he's, he's not doing his own job for 20. He's not. He's not. I and, mean, imagine... Imagine being a professional footballer, and it's like you're just expected to do twenty minutes of work a week. Yeah, and then like you just get, to, you just get to sit on the bench the rest of the game. You have the best seats in the stadium, and just watch a terrible football team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, anyway, let's,
1: um, let's move on to fan questions and thoughts. Huh?
0: Man, this is going to be a quick episode.
1: Is it? That's we say that all the time, and then we
0: hear yep. it after an hour. <laughs> we're only twenty five minutes at the moment. Um, Righto, from Dale. He said hypothetically, who would you throw big dollars at for twenty twenty?
1: Okay, we're we talking about who's left off contract. about we well,
0: anybody. Mine two weeks ago would have been James Maloney. I would have loved like, I don't know if he's too past it now, but I would have loved a year or two of that.
1: Sort of. A lot of fans would like like. Uh, who was it? Uh, Crash Craddock just said, oh, the Broncos should have a run at him. And a uh, lot of yeah, fans we were, h- were hating that idea. And I was, I was shocked. I was like, why? It's like we, we have perfect, we're like one or two years of him at six. Yeah, he might be finished, but we don't need, again, we don't need the world's greatest six or seven. We just need someone who, you know, steers the team around a little, good kicking and that kind of stuff. And that's exactly what James Maloney's good for.
0: I just think he is, he's a winner he just wins and the two people who i think are the most underrated players in the whole NRL is him and Cooper Cronk like people think you know the whole like underrated means good and overrated means bad like both of these players everyone thinks is good but i just think they're better than most people think they are yeah. already like he just every club he goes to he wins games makes them great like and i just think our club would definitely benefit from a year or two of that.
1: I think Maloney struggles from, like, he hasn't stayed at a, a team long enough for, like, that fan base to push his case for, like, ten years. So it's like the Sharks actually... Remember if they won the grand final of the Sharks, people will actually finally going, oh, wow, this guy wins everywhere. They left the Sharks and he's at Penrith again and nobody gives a shit anymore about his time at the Sharks. Like, he hasn't had enough of momentum at a club to get that sort of story behind him, hey? Because, as you said, he, I know, like, he hasn't re-signed at any club, which is weird, but everywhere he's gone... Wins have followed him. That's including at you know at the, at the Warriors, and yeah, he's got to like, a grand final. Got to a grand final, and like I don't want to overblow that every single time he goes somewhere they win. It's just him, but you know he's finished his career with a sixty-one percent win ratio, pretty much. And he's played you know for the Warriors, he played for the Roosters, and when, the, when he left the Roosters, they almost got the spoon, the Sharks, and Penrith, and you know pretty much only had one losing season his entire career across multiple I mean- clubs.
0: Like, it's impressive to win that many games when you essentially, like, good on him, he's earned the money, but, like, he has just managed to go around, find every time his contract's up, whoever will pay him the most and take the most money, and, like, yeah. good on him for that, and he's managed to win a lot of games. He's won premiership, like, uh, two premierships? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Pretty good career. Yeah, and
1: I mean, you could argue, you know, people say, oh, but he happened to be at good teams. he's that's why his winning record's that good. It's like, well, Mitchell Pearce spent, you know, 10 years or so at, this, at the Roosters, and he's just got a winning record. He's just got a 51% career winning record, but it's like, it's not a coincidence that when Maloney was there, the Roosters absolutely kicked it, but you know?
0: I mean, people can say that, but like, look at the Warriors after he left. They're nothing like that 2011 side. The Sharks, like, either side of him being there. I mean, there was also, like, some drugs and stuff there, um, which helps, but still, you know, like, they weren't they weren't much to write home about before. They won a premiership, and then he's gone, and they've gone down the drain too. Like, um, Pierce never would have won a premiership if Maloney wasn't there. But that's it. Like, as you said,
1: like, it's not that, he's obviously going around and turning around terrible clubs or whatever. But it's like, he's just like... For, when he went to the Roosters and the Cronulla, he was like the perfect cherry on top of that team. Like He was exactly what they needed. And it, I'm not saying he would have wore a premiership to Brisbane, but I'm with you. I would have loved to have him for two years or a year. Yeah. And as who are people off-contract around the competition now, there's all, pretty much nobody I want. <laughs> like, who are off-contract for next year. I looked at the off-contract list the other day, and I'm looking at it again now, scrolling through. And it's like, maybe... I want to take like Tristan Sailor from the Dragons and see what he turns into. <laughs> like, I don't want
0: anyone. I want to get Mitch Moses, and you know we've got the manager, the player manager around at the club. Like, we could make this happen. But
1: <laughs> well, he's still on contract, though. That's that's.
0: that's yeah, cool. but we we could still make this happen. Like, yeah. like well, you've said this. Other people have said this. He's the biggest flat track bully in the NRL, and behind our forward pack, you're going to be on a flat track most weeks. So. Oh, yeah, how good Why is he
1: when, this, when Parramatta are rolling, when well, he's confident? That's it. Have, yeah. Him and Milford at Suncorp, uh, behind our pack, we probably wouldn't lose at Suncorp for another five years. <laughs> don't have to go on the harder way trips, but that's it.
0: I, I don't like the bloke, but I'd definitely take his games at Suncorp.
1: Yeah. Well, he's also being a bit of a left, less of a whiny bitch as he ages. Eventually, that, that obviously ages out of you eventually, so.
0: But, see, I also want somebody to just, like, abuse Macca when he passes the wrong way and just goes for the fourth hit-up in a row. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Hey, well, okay, maybe we can get what if, What about if Gareth Williams? Does he want to go to England anymore? Let's just. What does he stay? I want to. I'd. Six.
0: I'd, <laughs> I'd take Williams. Like Broncos are known for turning around a you know a past at dragon six that yeah. <laughs> nobody else wants. Yeah, let's take
1: him in. But yeah, like in terms of players, I want. I, I've said before, I'd, I'd want a, I'd like an experienced thirteen, or, or now potentially a six or one to, to pair with Milford. So obviously, I said Valentine Holmes in the past, but I don't know. Again, off-contracts, 13s, I'm not interested in any of them. And same with off-contract halves. There's nobody left off-contract this year that I'm interested in. Next year, like, there's like... Oh, who's at the Titans that's worth taking? Nobody. There's AJ Briggs is off-contract next year, but um, I don't think he's the answer to 5-8 five, five, for us.
0: Um, oh, we could okay. play Lodge at... Lodge? Sorry, I was going to say, we could play Lodge at lock. Like, he can pass a fair bit yeah. and stuff too.
1: Yeah, actually, no, let's get Ryan Pappenhausen. He can play be our full-back.
0: Honestly, I'd take, like, any of the Storm fullbacks yeah, at the exactly. moment. He's
1: one of the fullbacks, one of, like, the ten fullbacks you've got.
0: <laughs> Somebody needs to put, like, a, the top ten fullbacks in the league together and, like, realistically, the Storm would have three in there.
1: Mm. That's ridiculous. And they had drink water.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, like, also, no, like, yeah. Monster deserves to be on that list. He's, like, the second or third best fullback in the league. Yeah. Okay, who
1: I want? I want Jake Clifford at the Cowboys, that's so what I want. He's off contract next year. That's what i say. We'll just chase him for the year after. He'd be our six. And
0: silly people from Righto. Cowboys, I'm about it. Suits me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from Jamie, he said, Our left-edge defence scares me. If it's the same as last week, Storm are going to destroy it.
1: Uh, well, what's coming in now this week is likely Xavier Coates is going to start there. <laughs> as we know how well he well. when he played on the right against the Warriors. And, and, and the Storm are not notorious for picking out weaknesses at all.
0: So it's <laughs> going to be fine. It'll be perfect. Yeah, I... Broncos thirteen plus. <laughs> <laughs> um, from John, he said thoughts on Flagler's long term suitability at lock. Should we be looking at higher minute prospects? Uh, I think our,
1: minute, our minutes um, are, are, are you know all over the park. Obviously, like I think we don't need a high minute lock because we've got Lodge and Haas. are going to play sixty minutes, but I do think like the club's long term plan is to move Pangai back there and keep Jillian on the edge. So I just think, I don't think Flagler is our solution at lock.
0: Uh, from Cameron, he said, Do you think they're calling too many forward passes? It's such a shame when a team scores a great try for only for it to be called back for sometimes questionable forward pass. It's also annoying when they get poor defences off the hook. Unless it's blatantly forward, I would let them go.
1: Um, No, I get annoyed when they don't call the really blatant forward passes. I don't really care about the line ball ones. I actually, I'm with you, I'll let those go. I don't think they're calling too many, but I'm really—I get really annoyed. Like the one against the, sh- the Warriors the other week, where it was like the Sharks threw it like clearly like five meters forward, and there was across the line, you could see it clearly, and they don't call those ones. They annoy me. So that's what annoys you when they—they they call a line ball one after missing those ones. But I don't think they're calling too many forward passes, though.
0: Yeah, I—I I think that's the only thing people really can have to complain about is yeah, a few of the shockers let get let through. Yeah. If you call all of those, and then you call like you know most of the line ball ones, like I, I don't think there's really much to complain about there. I like most of the ones that got called on the weekend. I thought were forward anyway, so I, I don't mind them being called. Like throw it back if you don't want to be called for a forward pass. And and
1: I'm of the opinion though, like I, the chase chasing perfection is wrong. It's never going to happen in rugby league. But I'm of the opinion that we should be able to rule on them for video referee vision anyway, just because those really terrible ones, like when you watch a replay and it's clearly, like, five metres forward. Those ones should... I I don't know how you can sit there and be happy with that. But, but like, the whole Hawkeye thing that the NRL mentioned... Now, I don't know about what they got quoted on what it costs, but I'm telling you right now, it is not going to happen in the next 10 years, at minimum, because to have Hawkeye for every pass in the game, you're going to have to have cameras, like a million cameras. They're not doing it. They just said that. It's a scare tactic. And it's worked because the immediately they said Hawkeye could do it. Like, five players are coming out like, oh, no, no, don't, don't do that, whatever. They, they're doing this as a scare tactic, telling people, like, this is the alternative. If you want us to, to call forward passes, we are got to call every forward pass. And people
0: don't want that. Like, there's why, like, at the Australian Open, which is one of the four biggest tennis tournaments in the world, they only have Hawkeye on two courts. Like, and that their court's the size of a tennis court, not a football stadium. Like, it's it'd be so hard to do Hawkeye.
1: And it, it, it costs squillions. Like, it costs the NFL just to do that red, that yellow line. And obviously, in the future, that'll change. But it costs them, when they first put it in, like $100,000 a, a, a game to put the yellow line on the broadcast.
0: Yeah, and that's why, like, they didn't do it forever. Because, like... And how simple is, like, a yellow line on the ground?
1: Yeah, and that's why they didn't do it forever. Because they need so many cameras to do it. And obviously, technology's getting better in that regard. But Hawkeye's tech that they use for cricket and tennis, you just mentioned... It's not going to come to rugby league because even in cricket, it's like, it's one view and they don't have it. A lot of leagues can't afford it. And they only need one camera for it pretty much. Well, not one, but like the same set cameras.
0: Yeah. Well, like in cricket, you've got literally, well, you got both ends of the pitch, yeah. but like it's set on one very specific, like square meter on the pitch. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, that's all you need. Like, and then tennis, you know, you got like, obviously the a, a tennis court's not that big, you know? Yeah.
1: And it's one of things. It's worth it'll be it'll be millions upon millions upon millions in order to do it. They'd never do it just because of the couple of forward pass people winch about. But, yeah.
0: And then imagine too the whinging that would happen when like most e games happen at SunCorp in the big stadiums, and then Penrith take a game to a regional area, and a forward pass doesn't get called because they don't have Hawkeye set up in like orange.
1: Yeah, exactly, and then you got to think about it as well. It's like or well, every regional game, there's no forward passes, as you said. So, yeah, it could be like round 25. I'm going to take my game to a regional areas and, you know, whatever. We'll see.
0: So, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play Tom Brady yeah, as my man. halfback. And the referees forgot
1: how to call them because they haven't called one for, <laughs> for two
0: years. <laughs> it's flawless. It's flawless. <laughs> We're getting back in the finals. <laughs> uh, right yeah. Um Next question. Last one here on Facebook from John. He said, so with Milf looking like he is a fullback, a boy did in halves combo next year. doesn't really excite me. Where does Boyd play and do we get a 5-8? Is there any available?
1: Uh, I'm, I might vomit if he's our six next year. It looks like he's going to be <laughs> our six next year. Because right? like, Now he's found some form. The, the Well, not form. He's found a way to avoid public pressure. I don't think he'll retire. I thought if he kept going as a fullback and every week people were ripping into him, he was going to retire or they were going to find a way to get rid of him. Now it feels like he might be like, let's hide him at 5-8 for a season and see what happens. But no, it doesn't excite me at all, like in the slightest.
0: It's so depressing.
1: It is, and like I'm, I'm a fan of Sean O'Sullivan as well, and I'm, and I'm a fan of Dearden and uh, prospects. But I don't like that halves combination doesn't excite me either. And like, and in the end, this is actually why I think Milford for the Broncos could be the best at five eight long term, because like finding a fullback is easier than finding a six, because as we see every year, the Storm pull like three fullbacks out their ass. But they pl- they plug in whoever they can in the halves because they can't find any halves.
0: <laughs> I mean, Brodie Cross playing half, yeah. you know, for them. Like, um, over onto Twitter. This is from D W Kingston. He just messaged, um, instead of yeah. Uh, he said, "I prefer to Sullivan to Deirdre, Admittedly, in the minimal sample, what do you guys think? Uh, I mean, I, I so do
1: I. And it's actually quite funny, I was talking to someone on the club's coaching staff a few weeks ago, I'm not going to say who it was, obviously, but they were saying, like, they're, actually, like, they're going about how much they really rate Deard, uh O'Sullivan, has, like, his footy brain, and, and and his ball skills, but they had the same thoughts, I think, many of us that had watched him, it's like, he might be too slow to play first game for a long time, though, like, he is really slow, eh, have you noticed that? Yeah. So, it's like, he's, his brain ticks over really well, and whatever, and then... That's probably why pet clubs might invest more time in someone else over him, because like, he's not going to get any faster. You know, and It doesn't matter how well your brain ticks over if you can't play at the same speed of the game as everyone else can. But I think Sullivan, to me, is the one I'd rather play now and maybe for next year as well, because he just seems like to have the better way better to steering the team around while Dearden can learn a reserve grade. But I think the club will go the other way and go, Dearden's a better long-term prospect and play him. What, what do you think, Simo?
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it going either way. I'd rather play O'Sullivan, like as you said, like whoever would be the best for that individual year. It's kicking games um, much better. Yeah, yeah and like a storm show with heaps of people, it doesn't hurt to let people play Q Cup for a while, you know, and like build their game. So, didn't doing that for a while, definitely isn't going to hurt. Yeah. Um. Speaking of slow, though, I can't believe we forgot to talk about this. Jared Wallace's charge down of oh the slowest God. midfield bomb ever McCulloch put up. Like, he took three years to kick that, and then Wallace charged it down. And, didn't and have then run. the foot race. Yeah, of oh, my goodness. And the drop. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> and Wallace it's just j- that whole <laughs> That whole play was just a disaster. He's, just, oh. he's
1: such a tosser, Jared Wallace, though, hey. He just is. He was, like, certain he was scoring. He was so devastated oh. by it. It's like, mate, come on. You know who you are.
0: <laughs> Did you see him then? Like as he got tackled, he's like, "Yeah, sub, I'm getting off, guys." Yeah. <laughs> he's like subbed himself off. Yeah, but
1: that that was that was yeah one of the worst foot races you'll see. It was great, good entertainment, obviously. But McCulloch took about ten years with the bomb up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, the
1: slow chase, and then luckily somehow tapped the, like got his hand around and tapped the ball out of Wallace when he was diving in a diving motion. But, yeah, it um, was a uh, terrible play all around. It was it was very fitting of a Titans game, but unfortunately one of the guys plays for us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, righto, from Off Sport Matters, he said, any in-depth recap of young Mitch and Simo watching 2006 grand final? Did you go? I'll assume you spent the first 30 minutes of this podcast lamenting storm losses. <laughs> we
1: haven't, but we're in there at some point, a bit of lamenting. Oh, I did go to the 2006 grand final. It was... um." What was it was about it's it's I don't know why I've told this part, but I will anyway. It was like two years after my parents kind of split. My dad got kicked out of the house, or whatever. We hadn't spoken much. And what a surprise, Simo. I decided to re-kill my relationship with my dad when I needed grand final tickets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh... So it was actually
1: the first time I met my step-mum was, was at that game, and I was a bit of a 16-year-old. Couldn't stand it, but I, I had to put up with it to to get the grand final tickets. I couldn't afford the you know 150 bucks or whatever as a 16 year old. So best friends for the day, obviously me and the step one, But I didn't speak to her again for like another year after that. We're fine now, but yeah, that was you know <laughs> I did use them to get there for that. And I still remember that game. Like at the game, I didn't think the refereeing was you know one sided or anything. But obviously I'm a Broncos fan anyway. But I got home. It's back in the time I used to go on like In and In forums. And everyone was going on about the refereeing being disgraceful. I was like, "What? What do you mean? And what have I seen?" And I watched the replay, and it's classic. Like the whole replay, Channel Nine are going on about how Phil Gould's going on about how Bronco's got the rub with the green, and all the all the way through. It's like, okay, okay, champ. Yeah, the that, that poor Storm side are known for uh, getting getting their getting the, uh, hard done by with the referees, aren't they? They never get the they never get the calls. of Storm side.
0: Yeah, I mean, just some tough Aussie battlers. Those that lot down there at Melbourne.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do actually was live. I don't remember much of the game, but um, I remember Shane Webke taking a hit up, and me one of them realizing, okay, he actually is finished. <laughs> I remember that like he got just walloped the one hit up, and that didn't happen very often. I remember the field goal, but not much else. I remember that from, from when I was at the game. Any uh, two thousand six grand final memories yourself?
0: Um, I would have been like fifteen at the time. I don't remember much from. Yeah, from that yeah, you know, I remember the field goal, and I remember then knowing we'd won it. Um, I remember thinking the Broncos just, you know, we'd win a premiership every few years. Um, I remember, like, I've watched the game since, like, since then, and, I mean, we definitely... The refs definitely didn't hurt our yes, chances at a premiership. They <laughs> didn't hurt them. They did not. I agree. Um, yeah. But um, it's... My- oh, sorry, yeah, mate. I was gonna say we might have to watch this game like Friday night. <laughs> yeah, review that instead. But yeah,
1: you, you, you do mention the funny thing. I remember walking out at stadium, and then it, it had been you know five years, or whatever you know, or six years, sorry, since we last won the comp. And I remember saying to my dad, "God, it had been a long time. <laughs> it's about time we won another one." <laughs> God, spoiled brat fan base, weren't we? At one point, I mean, we're still spoiled brats, mind. We we're on here, Winter having a terrible season. We're bloody eighth, <laughs> so we are spoiled brats. But um.
0: I was going to say, you haven't spoken to your step-mum since because Broncos haven't made a grand final and you um, don't need tickets. Yeah, I don't need tickets.
1: I can afford <laughs> them now anyway. But yeah, I was thinking, it's, been, it's been too long. <laughs> for six
0: years. Uh, from Nathan Chip 22, he said, could all these recent injuries spell out their early retirement for Gillette? A solid training game against Gold Coast. Um, glad if we could get close to Melbourne on Friday, I'll be happy, but not expecting any miracles.
1: Yeah, I don't want to talk out of out of line here on Chillix. I'm not a a doctor or a physio. But it does seem like he's getting to that point now that he's just getting like heaps of just random injuries. I don't know if they're related to neck injury or anything like that but it's like he's had hamstring injuries this year. Did he have a calf injury at one point? And then he's got a back injury now and it just seems to me he's just at that point now he's just going to start breaking down potentially.
0: Oh man, how good is that... uh yeah, contract looking. Was it, was it I mean, sorry. Here we go. Yeah. James K underscore 1312. I think Jillo missed training again today. That four-year deal is looking better by the week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we, we fired up
1: when that happened at the time. Like, what are they doing? That like mid, Just after he gets his neck injury, add another year to his deal. Like, what? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but, yeah, he's, it's hard to see him continuing his level for a while. And smart club for mine would dump him on somebody else, as, like, whilst he's still got the cachet of what his name carries. and I oh, say it's a couple of injuries be dumping him this off-season. But I think the worst thing about it is, you know, we know we've got him for a, for a while left now, and he doesn't make our side better when he comes back anymore.
0: No. Uh, Corey Goates, can we just skip this week and concede a negative 20 points differential? Yeah, I wish I was in Malaysia for this weekend because bloody hell, like, I'm just... <laughs>
1: I don't want to watch us play the storm at Suncorp. What, and we'll be in it for 20 minutes too, as we always seem to be. In it for that like 20 minutes and then we'll do something. Something's terrible will happen, like that Billy Slater drop ball, grab a kick, try, we'll break our back and then we'll lose by 40.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, don't get your hopes up for a podcast next this weekend. Yeah, if we get absolutely um, towed I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, just not. <laughs> uh, from Butsy888, he said, Tell me again how bad your top eight season is going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just what I said, yeah. Spoiled brats.
0: Uh, <laughs> have, I mean, Still
1: lost more than we've won.
0: <laughs> to be fair also, no one said it's been a terrible season for, like, the last four weeks.
1: Yeah, it's been at least four weeks that it's been a terrible season. No, it's um. People acting like we're locked into the finals now. I don't think we're locked in at no, all. No, we're not. We're not. Like, I mean, it's not like the run is the easiest time. Like I said, we've got the Storm this week and there's just, there's just no chance. And then we go away to the Cowboys... And, you know, I think we're probably, you know, even odds to beat them up, beat them, but they've been all right in recent weeks. And then we host Penrith, and I know, as you said, we are Penrith. (laughs) Like, we're the the same side right now. And then we host the Bunnies, who they're probably tell us, and the host of Eels. Like, there's. We have to win four or five of those games to make the finals.
0: I honestly think the way we have been playing, so this is obviously reliant, as we talked before, reliant on having who we want in the second row and not Glenn and Gillette you kind of have that team together at Suncorp I think we win all the Suncorp games except the Storm one
1: yeah I actually I said this a few weeks ago I said us making the finals I think we both agreed it relies on if we have if we play Fafida and Pangai in the back row I think we make the finals um but yeah, like you said, if we come into, you know, hosting Penrith and Rabbitohs and Eels and we've gone back to, you know, Jill at one edge, Glenn the other edge, bloody like Xavier Coates or Shibasaki in the centres, and um, Pangai at lock, I don't think we'll make the finals.
0: Uh, Fatboy95, underscore. Is Seabold a coward for not naming Parisi in the top 21? Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. I can't believe Coates is playing in the centres against the Storm. Like, Coates is obviously a fantastic prospect, Obviously, but I can't believe we're doing this again. After seeing what it well, that's likely was going to happen, apparently to let misses like seeing what happened when just the Warriors played him. It's like, oh yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Will Chambers is going to be real nice. I'm sure, he's not going to yeah. not going to target him at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, King Wally won. I put my mortgage on the Storm by forty two points this week. Thoughts? <laughs> well, you haven't got a
1: mortgage, you bet nothing.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> he's lost his house about every week yeah, this but, season.
1: Yeah. I lived Forty-two. Maybe you can probably go up to 50. If going to bet everything you've got, why not go all in?
0: Yeah, well, as I said to you, I probably would have bet about 40 points, but yeah. I uh, spent my money on alcohol, so I've got no betting money left. <laughs> Perfect. Um, assuming Milford is fullback, who's, what is your preferred spine for 2020, and what do you think Harvard Tony might do? God, it's- isn't it terrible? I don't know how to answer this question. <laughs> Hang on, but see he replied with one Milford, six Josh Reynolds, seven the next next Alan Langer, and nine Turpin. <laughs> God,
1: okay. uh, I don't know. If, so, he's, we're already saying Milford is fullback, okay? So obviously my. I
0: tell you what, going. I mean, not on full money, but on some money, I'd take Josh Reynolds. Whatever, I'll, I don't I'll care. Get, like, if you're getting more like
1: two hundred k. I'd take him over Darius Boyd at six, I'll tell you that much. Mate, I'd even
0: take him on, like, 400 to 500. Just
1: to get him out the, what, at six?
0: Yeah, like, he's he, he's going to be there. He'll be yelling at people. Oh, yeah. He'll yell at Macca. If, if we want to play Super
1: Rugby League, we'll just offload and see what happens and be crazy. He's perfect.
0: <laughs> Mate, he would have, like, he would have a game plan. He would be making stuff happen. Yeah. There's worse people to have, like, Darius Boyd in your number six. <laughs>
1: Hasn't it got dark that, now we have Boyd at six, we literally think about taking on Josh Reynolds just to get Darius Boyd out? <laughs> literally dark.
0: any other six in the comp. Yeah. Well, if it's on current <laughs> the stocks... Guy that's got, the guy that's got more perform- uh, appearances for Fox Sports than the Tigers.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like if it's on current stocks, I'm going to obviously say nine Turpin, 14 Sekiaro, one Milford as you made me pick, and then if it's on what we currently have, I just go O'Sullivan and... and Year, and a half. So even though I don't like that combination together that'd be it, that's what I'd like to see but um, Corey Pakes is obviously a long term prospect at six again but I don't want to keep throwing in more kids I'd love to have it to sign somebody
0: Yeah I mean this is obviously yeah, pretty much that if you have to have Milford at fullback if you're cheating a bit I would still have Milford at six and Asaka at fullback
1: or, or What do we think, okay are we thinking Jack Bird's six
0: chances? Are we back on that way? I mean, I don't mind it because we can see what we can do with a 5-8 that does nothing but three dummy half runs and make a couple tackles. Yeah. Like, Jack Bird can do that better than Darius Boyd, so why not? Yeah,
1: I mean, I hadn't really thought about that much, but I'm like, if you can give me, you know, obviously Staggs is one centre and you give me maybe after an off-season we put Precy the other centre or something similar. Or maybe after off-season, Farnworth or Coach is more ready for first grade next year to play centres. You know, I'd, I'd be okay with a um, give Bird a run at six, and maybe that could be one of their options next year. You know, I hadn't thought about yeah, that. Yeah, why not? But yeah, because at least, yeah, he, you, know, he'll t- you know, he likes taking the line on, running the ball. Not, not the world's best kicker, but his defence is decent. And when he did play in the halves last year, he was yelling at the forwards often. And I'm, I'm all about that. If, again, if yeah, one of the jobs you, sorry, requirements you want for the job is someone who will yell at McCulloch. I think
0: he might do that. <laughs> I love, I love how three years ago, like every half prospect we had, the question was, "What's his kicking game like?" Yeah. And now it's like, "Can you yell at McCulloch?" Yeah. Like. <laughs>
1: well, it seems to have accepted Milford's doing all the kicking.
0: <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter where like, he's playing. Kicking sorted, so just can you yell at McCulloch? Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, well, that it. was the last. Okay,
1: yep. sweet. Uh, have you got any recommendations station before we get out of here then?
0: Uh I do. Um I'm getting more and more niche every week as we go, but um if any of you ever go to a tiki bar. <laughs> <laughs> Good start. I mean, well, this isn't my recommendation, okay, okay. but first off, if you go to a tiki bar and you haven't had one, a mai tai is the the first drink you order. Mate, mai tais are delicious. But, Yeah, yeah, but if you're over my ties, like, not over them, but, like, if you know what they are, if you got them, a painkiller, get one of those, because I have been on those the last few nights. I mean, people look at you funny when you say you're addicted to painkillers, but, man, these are good. It's like, you've had a pina colada, surely? Yeah, yeah, I had one on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's like a pina colada, but, like, the adult version. Like, it's like, pina colada's a kiddie's drink, and you step it up, and you've got... The adult version of it, and man, it's good. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Killer. Oh, it's got like pineapple juice, orange juice, cream of coconut, and a pile of rum.
1: Oh, well, it sounds good already. I'm I'm quite pro a uh, rum and pineapple juice based cocktail.
0: Oh, and the best bit about it is like there's three versions. So you got the painkiller one, two, or three, depending on how much pain you're in. You just add more rum. That's
1: good. That's good. And what's your other That's recommendation? Tastation is that? Is it that? <laughs>
0: Um no, no, that was my no, recommendation station, okay. Oh, I was just saying if like i 'm not recommending my ties, like everyone should know my ties, yep. but like that 's the first drink you get at a tiki bar, but the second drink you get is the painkiller
1: <laughs> okay, well, for me, obviously i was uh, I was away, so i haven 't really got much recommendation for the weekend, but I did finally do something everyone 's been recommending me to do, and that 's watch stranger Things. <laughs> so I watched the first two or well, the first season, and i 've got the last episode of season two now to watch. And I watched it on the plane over and back and whatever. And I'm going to recommend that to people who haven't watched it. You've probably been told by 20 people to watch it like I have. And it's like, the moment I watched two episodes, I was like, oh, I probably should have been watching this. <laughs> it's really good.
0: I mean, we're probably just going to have like a quick episode of Stranger Things Weekly here. Yeah. Um, so if you don't like Stranger Things or if you don't want spoilers, yeah, go away. this is the, this is the last thing. Yeah. I've, I've only seen season one. Yeah. Um, because then I hated the ending. So I like refused, I like protesting and not watching season two or three, even though all of my Twitter is like, how good is stranger things? But like, I just hated the way season one ended where it was like, well, it was supposed to be like a happy ending for me. And I was like all excited. And then it's like, oh, the kid's still sick. And like, there was like eight questions that they didn't answer because obviously they wanted season two. And then, like that guy was going and like leaving the box full of like food or something. I I can't remember like yeah. everything I hated about it. Well, that, but yeah, yeah, I just I just wanted like a more like concrete ending, I guess. Yeah, well, like,
1: I'm not gonna spoil season two for you then. But like all, all that. Oh, I'm not all gonna that's watch it. In, like the first episode of season two, or like, straight away. Okay, I like, will watch the
0: first episode and then I'll be done with it.
1: But um. The reason why I've enjoyed it, or surprisingly, I've enjoyed it more than I thought, because I'm not actually the type, I don't really like the kind of horror stuff generally. I find, because it's not full blown horror, it's like thriller more so. But generally, I don't, horror doesn't do it for me because they just, it's such generally it's a cliche trope, most of it. It's just trying to scare you most of the time rather than tell a good story. So I was always yeah. like, oh, I first say generally hate things that are large kid casts, cause generally, child actors can't act. Well, they've been picked for what they look like first, and then secondly, I don't not really that into horror, especially with children. I thought oh, I'll hate this show, but no, actually, I really liked it. And you're right, the end of this, the ending of season one isn't great, but I still think it's pretty for a Netflix show. I think it's pretty good, you know. I think it's it's almost HBO levels of, of decent TV.
0: Um, um, uh, this was this is going back a few years. Um, we had we went into a movie, there's me and a couple of mates I live with. Um, do you know like the Annabelle series, like with around that doll? Yeah. And then I forget the name. There was one movie where she was like in the first five minutes of it, but then it kind of like was a different horror movie. Um, but she was in it a bit. And I forget the name of the movie, but we went and saw it at the cinemas. And then of the three of us that lived in this house, two of us went straight home, and the other guy's like, "Oh, I'm going to go out for a few drinks with like some other mates." We're like, "Yeah, yeah, sweet." And we had like this doll. That was like two feet tall, and we found it at like someone's house cleaning up, and then it became like a game. Like you'd hide it in someone's ute, and like you know, it was just it was all over the place. Anyway, so we got this doll out of the cupboard, and we set it in Red's house, like the third bloke, so that, in his room, so that when he'd open up the door, there'd be like this silhouette of this doll. Oh, anyway, so we like just did that, closed the door, went to sleep. He comes home at like two in the morning. You just hear his door like creaking open, and then you see, like, oh shit, and then just bang, <laughs> he's like, kick this shit out of this doll. <laughs> well, done. Uh, well done. Anyway, boys. so got up in the morning and talked to him, and he's like, man, I'm very impressed with my fight or flight response because I beat the crap out of that. Yeah, he should be happy though. Yeah, you're right. He, he didn't shoot his spells.
1: Instantly, he's like, beat the fuck out of this thing. That's
0: good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good test for your fight or flight.
1: That's good. Well, I, I'm going to see. um. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I'm waiting for in a couple of weeks. Tarantino, that's the movie I'm pumped for. We're going to see Lion, Lion King um this weekend, and I'm not even looking forward to it. But I'm like, as a movie person, I feel like I'm obliged to go.
0: <laughs> apparently, it was really good. I've no, I've not seen the original or this one, but everyone loves this one. Have you apparently, seen the original so. Lion King? Nah, see, that's
1: controversial. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I don't normally talk about it because like everyone's like, well, you haven't seen Lion King? And it's like, yeah, yeah that's literally what I just said. Like, thanks for repeating what I just said. Yeah. But I said to someone today at work, and this went down well, I was like, yeah, I doubt it's even that good. I bet you it's just all nostalgia because you watched it when you were a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that went down as well as you think it might. <laughs> well, that's it.
1: Um, I'm not, I'm not going to give you shit for not seeing it. It's just one of those things that's like, it's, it was just played so often in people's houses in my childhood. It's it's hard to understand you didn't see because you're saying like similar age to me, but that's fair enough. Like, I understand people have never seen Star Wars. I like, get it because like, you know, at people our age, against Star Wars, wasn't played for. You. you had to go find it to watch it. But Lion King was like, yeah. like I'd seen that at friends' houses so many times, not even trying to watch it. I'm surprised you hadn't seen it.
0: A, lo- a lot of times too, like if you miss a movie, like not many people actually go back and like catch up in movies like that. Like, like obviously what's happened here. Like, yeah, I don't doubt Lion King's a good movie, but like. I'm not really going to be 27 years old, and then, like, yeah, I'm going to sit down and watch Lion King. Like, you know, I just, yeah, i got better things to do with my time that's now. It, like,
1: I'm, I was a cinephile uh, uh, out of the sports growing up, and, like, I went back and watched movies before I hit the period of, like, you've missed this, if you get me. But if I'd also, like, yeah. like Stranger Things, I probably never would have watched it if I didn't go on a plane this weekend and, it, and, like, it was on my laptop. I put it on there, like, oh, maybe I'll watch this. And that's, I put, again, once I miss something, I'm like you, I'm like, whatever. If I've missed it, you know? Yeah. But that's it. Lion King, I'm it's, not expecting it to be good because generally, like, the live-action Remax season, these aren't good because, like, how possibly can a live lion entertain me to levels of a cartoon can, just in general? But, yeah. Yeah, I know.
0: Yeah. But. Uh, oh,
1: well, I think that's it anyway. But, look, so we made an hour, mate. you like, this is going to be a short one. It's never a short one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we did, like, 35 <laughs> minutes of questions and recommendations. Totally. Always. But we always get there, I'm going to have to, like, actually think, like, through the week about recommendations because I always get like an hour before and I'm like, oh, what have I done this week? What's good? I'd
1: I'd forgotten about it till we started, but I'd watch Stranger Things on there. But um, I'm hoping that uh, if I see a good movie this week and I recommend it back next week. What it does show me, though, Simo, is um, when you listen to uh, JRVP, is that uh, they have new books almost every second week. And what I've shown myself, I'm a dumb-dumb. I need to read more. (laughs)
0: I don't I don't know how they do that because like they can't also be recommending every book they read, right? Like they just, they can't be reading every, they can't only be reading good stuff, but they, yeah, new book every single week they recommend it. It's like, man, I just, I would get so bored like reading that much. Yeah, agreed. I mean,
1: I, I don't mind reading, but I'm also, yeah, like I'm, I i can not if I like a book a lot, I can power read it, but I'm also, those people, if I don't like a book after like 20 pages, I'm done. Like I'm not, I'm not
0: persisting. See? Oh, I love the idea of reading. Like I love the idea of sitting down in a couch, you got like the test cricket on, you got some frozen mango and you're just like reading a book in it's summertime. But like I I read Lord of the Rings and it was like I read it because I was making myself read it so I could say I read Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like I actually struggle with like the uh, reading at home.
1: Because, honestly, again, other
0: things are more entertaining and relaxing when I'm
1: at home. Like, I was was on the beach this week, lying there. I was obviously with Anastasia, so I didn't read. But that was one of the few times when I'm away, I'm like, you know what? I could read. I'm relaxed now. I haven't got my other stuff. But when I'm at home, it's like, well, if I want to relax, I'd rather watch a movie or, you know, go somewhere or I'll do something. You know, but not very often am I going for the bookcase. Again, unless it's, like, a book I really want to read.
0: Like... 50% Fifty percent of the books I own are sports biographies I bought while away on holidays and read the first two chapters and then got home. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> <Like. laughs> well, yeah,
1: also, get, I get bought a lot of sports biographies, and a lot often like people are like it's always it's never by someone who knows you that well. It's sometimes like an arty or someone to buy me one, and it's like it's never like hey I bought this because I know you like this person. It's like I bought this because I know you like sport. And it's like well, yeah. no, I don't want to read that biography. Okay, it's like it's like you know I'm yeah. a, like I like I like Ricky, I like Ricky Ponting. I don't want to read his biography. <laughs> you know, like all he, like all he did was win his entire career, and I'm sorry, there's people just aren't that interesting. <laughs> you read the biography. It's like, oh, we lost that series once. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> We lost three test matches in my career. We almost had the world cup final rained out against India, so we bowled really fast and we got it. We squeezed it in before yeah. the rain, like. Good story. Exactly, that's it. So it's like, that's just not for
1: me. I got that one. Someone bought me Roger Federer. I'm just like, I'm not a Federer fan. Whatever. Oh, send me that one. Yeah, I've got. A, I'll read I've that one. A, I've got like a whole box of them. When I moved house recently, I was like, man, there is like five or six biographies in there I'll never touch. Oh, here's one I have. I have three copies of Corey Parker's book.
0: Yeah, I know. You said you were going to send me one yeah, like two years ago. Yeah, I'll do
1: that with you now. I've sent you a care package. I'll throw that in. I have three copies of those <laughs> books. I tell you what. Well, the if, Let's, let's listen to the giveaway Some, somehow. <laughs> Someone's going to do something,
0: I'll yeah. give you a Corey Parker book. Let's, um... I mean, we, we told people to tune out, yeah. so, like, no one, no one's listening to this anymore because no one cares about Stranger Things either. Um, but we should do it, which obviously we'll have to do it, like, it at the start of next episode, but, like, either reviews, like, people can review that and go into the draw, or, like, a good segment idea for, like, this podcast or whatever, which obviously we've had a couple sent to us, yeah. but yeah, some more will always be good. So just something like that. Or we could you're We going could to maybe draw. punish
1: somebody by sending the Corey Parkers. Uh, yeah, worst question bad of the week. Segment worst ideas. segment Worst question next week, you, get, we have, you have to give us your address and you're getting Corey Parkers' book. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it, ca- it can't be a good read
1: if I've been given it three times for free from someone else who got it for free. It just can't be. It's like...
0: I mean, he sent it to me, and we'll see if I recommend chapter one next <laughs> week.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Hey!
0: Hey! Where the broncos, the body broncos, we keep fighting every second till the end.